Hello, it's Dawn, and this is my podcast, Conversations. It's a variety show about real life stuff, and there's something on here for everybody. So if that sounds good to you, let's go. Welcome to another episode of Conversations. Today we have Jennifer Hawks. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So we're going to talk gut health today, which is huge. I mean, that's all you hear about now. It's like replaced everything else. And it seems like that's where everything starts. So first of all, I want to find out what is a doctor of, is it naturopathy? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Doctor of naturopathy. Naturopathy. Um, Okay. Really? It's just, it's another term to say naturopathic doctor. It's just... Some states are, some states do it one way and some states do it a different way. I live in Wyoming and this is how we do it in Wyoming. Okay. So what exactly does that encompass? What does that mean? I love it. So what that means is I have the training behind um, the years of schooling to help people look at their health from a natural point of view, but from a holistic standpoint, which just means I'm looking at the whole body. I'm not just looking at one piece or another. And I don't oftentimes like deal with a bunch of different systems or, or, or organs or all the things I will refer them out, but I do have the knowledge to look at someone as a whole. So I don't miss, I don't miss pieces of the puzzle. Okay. So is it blood work then? Is that where you start? So, so no, for me, I actually start with some, with bioresonance work. So bioresonance work is very much like, um, kinesiology. Have you heard of that word before? I have heard that word. Yes. Okay. So muscle testing, let's go there. Okay. Um, but I use, so I use devices that help with bioresonance. So you essentially hold on to some copper electrodes and it sends frequencies through your body that are completely non-invasive. Um, but the, it, what it does is it, when it sends these signals to the body, the body responds to those signals in real time, which then start to create a report for us practitioners to look at, to say, oh, these areas are, you know, are imbalanced. They have disresonance happening where these other areas are imbalanced. So it gives us a really great starting point for our clients to be able to say, okay, we need to look at the gut first, or you've got some nutritional stuff going on first, or, you know, it kind of just gives us, you know, that starting place. Like a baseline. Baseline. In talking about gut health, I have this huge question. I always want to know, um, probiotics and prebiotics who needs them does anybody need them (laughs) why are there probiotics out there so that is a very loaded question some people are you're going to talk to that say just get on a probiotic and your life will change and that is true for some people some people get on a probiotic and it doesn't change I'm going to go through the probiotic piece first because I think probiotics are so much more um, world widely known than prebiotics are at this juncture. So probiotics are truly putting good bacteria back in the gut. Now, the problem with just going out there and finding a a bacteria, there's a couple of things to do with that. Number one is most most probiotics that people know about, right? So acidophilus, acidophilus is going to be found in food or kefir, or kombucha, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to have one strain of probiotic in those type of of foods. The the problem is with those type of foods is that they are beneficial for a lot of people, but some people, it actually creates 
a, a, a disruption of other bacteria. So you really need to know what's going on in the gut before you decide to go down the direction or down the pathway with, with probiotics. Now, foods are beneficial, but most people need more than one strain. And there is a thousand different strains out there. Okay. I don't know exactly how many, but there are a lot <laughs> of different strains out there, right? So there's Saccharomyces boulardii. Saccharomyces boulardii is for people that have um, a lot of diarrhea or yeast infections, right? So if you're dealing with those, you're going to want to look at the Saccharomyces, Saccharomyces boulardii blend versus looking at a lactobacillus or a bifido blend. Then what happens is they go to the store and they buy something off the shelf, right? A probiotic. Yeah. That's what they think of, and it needs to be refrigerated. Okay, but this is where we get into the gut piece. So if you have a gut infection and you need to support the gut, that's great because those are live bacteria. So they will get, they will die in the gut because we have acidity. We have to have that acid. We have to have that hydrochloric acid in our gut to be able to break down our food. So if you're taking a live probiotic and it meets that hydrochloric acid, right? So a lot mm -hmm. of acid going to kill it immediately. Right. So for people that need to, you know, rebuild after a, a you know, good hearty antibiotic, great. You got to replenish the, the bacteria in the gut. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we really want to focus on the colon. And that's going to be a, a spore-based probiotic because these spore-based probiotics have a shell around them so that they are protected from the acids of the gut to get into the colon. So when people have the diarrhea or they have the constant constipation, you want to really focus on the colon first to get that balanced out so that the, the bowels can change and, and start to normalize. There's so many other pieces to that too. Yeah. Well, and to think that there's just commercials to for oh, the people marketing is saying nice. yeah like so obviously none of us know what to pick up off the shelf but i have bought probiotics before and taken them and they have messed me up yes and so exactly. then i just stopped taking them and i didn't know if there was like a a grace period no. <laughs> that you're supposed to take them for a while and then things kick in and then you start to regulate but i just don't do that trial period if once once things start going awry i just stop taking them altogether so i've wasted yeah. a lot of money on probiotics you know and that goes that goes for literally all supplements and and I, you know i think that with healthcare the way that it has gone and just with the overabundance and overwhelm of holistic health or, or trying to be supportive with the health environment after truly after the pandemic. Um, so many people just try to Google, they do Google mm -hmm. and Google tells them to do this or a friend tells them to do that. But the reality is, is we all have so many different, we're all different creatures, right? Like we, have, we are, our, our chemical imbalances are different. You know, our stress levels are different. Our dietary pieces are different. So it's, it's trying to figure out, like, not trying to figure out, it is about looking at the big picture, but, you know, they, people just want the quick fix. They want it now. So they just will buy whatever. And then they're buying low grade because it's cheaper and it's expensive to live. Mm -hmm. And, but then you're looking at, you know, the, those, that fantastic marketing out there yeah. is, is phenomenal, but they have, but those type of people also have a lot of quantity over quality. 
Right. Right. Yeah. And so, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we just don't. We just, yeah. Like it, it just, that's just part of it, you know, and then looking at the proprietary blends versus having the different strains that are um, exact on a bottle, because as a manufacturer, if they do a proprietary blend, they can mix and match as much as they want. They just have to have that exact number at the top before it's released. So yeah. if it says there's Saccharomyces boulardii and there's lactobacillus and there's bifido and all the things, right? And it says a proprietary blend of 809 milligrams. Okay, well, that is true. That is true. That that combination of whatever it is, but perhaps someone really is dealing with some yeast or needs that Saccharomyces boulardii. You don't want to have a proprietary blend for that. You want to have an exact amount that you're taking to do the job. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different pieces to look at when you're looking at a probiotic. Now, the probiotic I think of and I try to teach people is the probiotic is like weeding your garden. Right. We have good bacteria and we have bad bacteria and we will always have a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. And we need a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. Like that's how it is. It's when we get to this dysbiosis range where we've got too much bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria. And what causes some of that to happen is going to be, you know, dietary, stress, alcohol, um, antibiotics. So one round of antibiotics, one round, seven days, will destroy the integrity for a year. Gosh, that's frightening. Right? And it's scary because let's be real. Antibiotics are handed out like they're crazy. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're crazy. Like it doesn't matter. Like here, take this antibiotic. It'll make you feel better. And right. it does to a point, but then we are that this is why we're dealing with so many digestive issues. So many gut issues is because stress is very high with a lot of people. The, the, um, liquor stores went out of control during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people were like, okay, I need something to decompress. So, you know, drinking a lot more, eating a lot more, you, you're eating those, emo- you're eating for the emotions. And right. then, you know, and then you're destroying the hydrochloric acid in the gut. So you're not breaking down your food very well. And then all the bad gut bugs are in there eating up all that dead food. And they're creating this flatulence that people have. They're walking around tooting all the time. Yeah. You know, like, what is that? What is going on? Right. So there's, there's just, there's so many parts and pieces to it. But so we talk about the probiotics as the, the, the weed, like you got to weed your garden. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about the prebiotics as feeding it's fertilizer. It's the good, it, it helps to, um, it helps to feed the good bacteria. And is that through foods? Um, you can do it through food, but, uh, yeah, you can do it through food. So you've got, um, it, you know, any fiber. Fiber is a, is a type of probiotic or sorry, a type of prebiotic. Uh-huh. Uh, but then there are now marketing, there are prebiotics on the market. And for some people, for some people, their digestive system is just already broken down far enough that they're really not even absorbing the things that they're taking. So whether it is through dietary or whether it is through supplementation, at least through supplementation, we know that it's a consistent, right? Through food, we don't always know that it's a consistent, it's like, did you eat your apple today? Or did you, you know, did you have berries or did you have your, your oats or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, oh no, I didn't. I had, you know, a grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. That's not going to feed your, that's going to feed your good bacteria. <laughs> it's yummy, but it's not going to feed your good bacteria. 
I think a part of the problem too, in defense of everyone that's eating like garbage, is that there the food isn't like as good for us now as what it used no. to be, unless you're buying organic, you know, or spending a lot of money or going to an actual farm. The foods that we can get nowadays, they say that the soil isn't even nutrient dense enough to give us the vitamins that we need from it. So I can see why people go and buy up the supplements because we think, and at least in my mind, that it's regulated. It's something that you're not hearing all the bad side effects from it. Like you do when you hear a prescription commercial, you know, where they're like, okay. I, all love, of these things. I love that you're saying that because you're, you're 100% spot on like you are, but here's the problem is you and I could go to a farmland in, in Idaho, right? I'm closer to Idaho. I don't know where you are. Um, <laughs> I could go to Idaho. You and I could go to Idaho. We could literally put dirt into capsules. We could put a beautiful label on them. And we could sell them as the most amazing nutrient-rich probiotic on the market because it's not regulated. What I, Why I'm saying this is when you go to Amazon or when you go to these junk food store places and you just grab the, you know, the cheapest probiotic on the market or the cheapest supplement for that matter, it doesn't even, it, yeah. you know, we can go with just supplementation here. There's a problem. That's a problem because what they did find, there was a study done. It's been a couple, it's been quite a few years now. You can go and look and it'll show they went into Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and a, one other place, uh, GNC. And I think they pulled, I'm just going to say for the for the sake of whatever, um, they pulled ashwagandha off the, off the shelf, right? They just pulled okay. ashwagandha. And then they sent it off to the laboratories to find out how much is it really regulated? Like, is there this much ashwagandha in here? And then you've got these other, these other fillers. And that's another right. mistake that people get into because they don't look at the other ingredients. So what happens is they come back with this and they're like, this is full of gluten. Gluten is not on the label. This has got a dog hair in it. Oh, this God. has like sand in it. This one's full of corn filler. Like it's because there's no regulation. They do it for quantity over quality. So that's why we, we that's why you're always hearing us practitioners preach. Listen, it doesn't have to be bought from me, but if you want to have access to a high grade dispensary, contact me. I'll give you my dispensary code and you can get the same supplements I'm getting. But it's these doctors that are like, oh, go to the store and just grab, you know, whatever off the right off the shelf. And and then I just, I'm shaking my head. I'm like, OK, well, now we're dealing with a lot of other things because now this specific supplement is stealing from Peter to give to Paul because you're not getting any nutrients. And. So now we've got a whole other slew of symptoms. Right. Right. You're adding to the problem. You're just adding to the problem. So it really is better just to talk to someone and say, Hey, this is what's going on. These are my symptoms, you know, and if you have a good naturopath or you have a good, you know, health coach or whatever it is, they're going to ask you, they're going to ask you the questions that nobody likes to talk about, which is, are you pooping? Are you pooping at least once a day or twice a day? What does it smell like? What does it look like? Right? Right. Who likes to talk about their poop? Guess what? <laughs> Nobody likes to talk about it, but it always comes up at dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> always. Well, uh, it, because it, as soon as it starts bothering you, that's when people start talking about it. You know, it's just like, oh, my stomach. I don't know what I ate. I don't know what I ate. And it could be something as uh, simple as a supplement that you just started taking that you didn't think anything of. 
I mean, so true. So true. And, you know, and it, I mean, it's, it's also, I, I would have to say, you know, digestive enzymes have been a lot of people's friends. And we talked about the food not being the food quality that we used to have. I mean, I remember being in my parents' garden with them and my dad would pull a carrot out and he would blow it off and hand it to me and I would eat it dirt and all. Like that's yeah. what we did, right? Yeah. And now it's like, okay, make sure that you wash your your um, carrots from the grocery store for at least 20 minutes in this. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's crazy. It just it's- has... It makes it so difficult because it's already hard enough to know what to do right. And then to have all the mixed messages that you see, you know, that our soil's not any good and that food doesn't even have any nutrients. It's like, well, good Lord, what am I supposed to eat? It's so true. It's so true. And then what happens is a lot of people just don't, a lot of people, the, the missing link is actually not even a probiotic. It's hydrochloric acid. How do you get that? Hydrochloric acid is really hard to replenish once you get rid of it, once you once you've util, uh, broken it down. But you can do that through. Actually, it's called betaine HCL, and there is a um, there's a process to it though. So it's like you take it's called betaine HCL, and you take one capsule with your breakfast, and then you at lunch if you don't have a burning sensation, you take. Two at lunch. If you don't have a burning sensation, you take three at dinner and you work your way up till you feel this little burn. Like you put them, like you take, I've, I've literally gone up to like 19 of them at one time. Oh my God. But if you have, you feel like, you know, if, if somebody has, however, like just everybody listening right now, please do not do this at home. If you have ulcers or if you even suspect ulcers, not a good idea. But if you don't, this is, you know, that is one way to do it. Um, That's how you can replenish. You can also replenish very much easier through doing apple cider vinegar and water one time a day. So it's one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar with um, six to eight ounces of water is what I tell people. And the reason is, is because that HCL, hydrochloric acid and apple cider vinegar are both at that about two um, pH level, which is very acidic. So if you just pop you know, uh, apple cider vinegar down your throat, you're going to be cursing me or cursing anybody that told you to do that because you're going to burn your esophagus. You got to dilute it. Can you, are the capsules just as effective if you take apple cider? Love. Okay. Let's go back to supplements. Yes. As long as they're not full of sugar. So if you're eating a gummy that's apple cider vinegar, no, it's pointless. I just watched a video um, on TikTok this morning where the guy, he was a doctor and he was talking about how good apple cider vinegar is for you and that you should take up to two tablespoons before every meal, again, mixed with water and um, how it helps regulate your insulin, you know, when you eat something where you normally spike and they say that it helps as far as Alzheimer's and dementia. Absolutely. And if, even if you do it, so if you do do it before a meal, right, 20 minutes before a meal. That is true. You will um, you will decrease the glucose spike that happens when you eat food. So that is beneficial because when you increase the glucose spike, you're you're increase or sorry, you increase your uh, yeah glucose spike. You're then increasing the amount of insulin that's ha- having to be produced. And then if you're not utilizing that, it goes to your fat stores. Right? That's how we mm-hmm. all gain weight. Um, so doing yeah one tablespoon um, in water before a meal. And another key is don't drink water during a meal. Don't. Okay. Drink, why? Why? Because you're diluting your hydrochloric acid. Oh, 
Okay. I didn't know that. I always drink water with my dinner. Yep. Nope. You should not drink water. Or um, anything. Just don't no, drink anything. I mean, I mean, you know, we all tend to have something. I mean, if you do just do sips of it, like if you're having a glass, you know, a cocktail, a glass of okay. wine or something with dinner, like have some sips of it, but do not chug an eight ounce to 12 ounce glass of water during the middle of a meal. Okay. I if did not know that. Sip, if you need a little sip to get your food down, that's okay. But yeah, what you're, what's happening is you're diluting the digestive process, that chime that's going on um, with the hydrochloric acid and the digestive enzymes to break down your food. Okay. That makes sense. So then what you'll want to do is wait for about 30 minutes after you finish your meal and then you can consume your water again, your fluid. See, why aren't people telling people this? I know it's so simple. I mean, there's so many little hacks like that, you know, literally chewing your food, right? Chew, and chewing it slow and being mindful chew, sit down, chew. chew your food. And you know, it's, okay. this is a funny thing. So when I was growing up, my grandmother, bless her being, it would take forever for her to eat. We would all we would literally <laughs> sit there and count the amount of time she chewed her food. And I'm not kidding you. It was 40 times per mouthful of food. Wow. So you can imagine forever, you know, but now being a doctor and talking about gut health, I'm like, oh my gosh, she was onto something a million right. years ago, right? Like <laughs> we don't chew our food. I think my sister and I would chew like five times and swallow it whole, like. Yeah, you know, it, get it in, get on to the next thing. Um, yeah, that's not how we should eat. We should really sit down and chew. Okay, do you need to chew 40 times? No, but you've got to help your digestive system break down that food. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Are there any particular foods that are especially good to eat for gut health? I mean, there's a lot of foods. I mean, I, I would say let's go to the foods that aren't great to eat for gut health because it's far better. Um, okay. you know, everybody's got their superfoods, but um, it's not so much about the foods. It's about the perfect chemistry in your gut to break down those foods. Okay. So, you know, if someone, we, we always talk about, you know, the anti-inflammatory foods, right? So you've got mm -hmm. your gluten and you've got your dairy and you've got your soy and you've got corn and you've got refined sugars. Some people have eggs. So everybody's different. Right. You know, for you, you, I, you might not be able to eat eggs. So here's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the cocoa pulse test. No. Here's another fun one. You take your pulse for 60 seconds. Then you put the food in your mouth for 20 seconds. And then you take your pulse again. And if your pulse increases by six beats per minute, that is, there's a, there's a disruption there. Mm. Okay. So that six beats per minute tells you that your heart rate's starting to go up, right? Your there's some body processes happening, which can be, if you will, uh, I don't want to say it's an allergic reaction, but a sensitivity per se. Interesting. And it doesn't have to be something you chew. Like you could put milk in your mouth. You could put milk in your mouth and you could literally put it there for 20 seconds and then spit it out. You don't have to swallow it. Right. Because you're going to absorb the, you know, the antibodies from, from the milk, hmm. but you want to not do it like with a bite of cereal at the same time, unless you're looking at the, that combination together, Sure, sure. you know? And so how I, how I was actually taught earlier on was you do your pulse for 60 seconds. Then the second you start to eat, uh, whatever combination of food it was. So maybe it was like a pasta dish. Mm -hmm. You, you put a timer on for 45 minutes. 
and then do the same thing. Well, but this, this is, this is a new thing. That's why I was stumbling around it for a minute, but it's yeah, 60, still the 60 seconds. And you're still looking for the six to eight second beats per minute faster than the original baseline you did. Mm -hmm. And then it's a matter of if you hold it in your mouth for 20 seconds, or if you chew your food for 45 minutes. Wow. So it's called the cocoa pulse test. So after realizing that your body reacts, does that automatically mean that's something that you should not be ingesting? Or does that just mean that's something to be mindful of? I would be mindful of it unless you're having anaphylactic shock, right? right? So what I tell people is, is if you have the bandwidth, if you have the ability to take it out of your diet for 21 days, you will know if it's a problem or not. Because at 21 days, you can reintroduce it back in. And then that's where you will have a clear, distinct response if right. there's something going on. That's why I have you ever heard of Whole30 or done Whole30? Yeah. Oh, before? yeah. Oh, I just think that it's such an ingenious plan for people to slowly reintroduce things and just see how their body reacts because otherwise you're really not paying attention. Most people aren't. They're just eating just whatever's in front of them, whatever mom's cooking or whatever they can afford. Exactly. And And I do love the intuitive eating part. I'm really not a fan of diets because I think when people, when people go on a diet, they become so restrictive or so over the top with a diet that they're, they typically miss out on something that their body was actually needing. Right. Right. Because you know, it's not just like, okay, they remove the gluten, but then all of a sudden they're, they're not having some of the other foods they used to have when they had that specific meal that had gluten in it. Yeah. So they find themselves eating the same thing every single day and we need diversity. Our gut needs diversity. What's your opinion of dairy? Um, so, uh, I've got a couple of opinions of dairy. Um, dairy, I think is one of those that, well, one, it creates a lot of mucus. So it's going to create, it's going to hold on to an inflammatory response, even if it's from something different. The problem with dairy is that again, just like we talked about with, you know, all the fruits and vegetables and the other Mm -hmm. foods, it is not what it used to be. Right. Those cows are not eating what they used to eat. Is soy bad? Soy. Is soy bad for women? Soy. Okay. That's another one. Um, In my opinion... Soy is not great for adolescent women, adolescent girls. Um, And then it depends on where you're getting the soy from, like a soy milk. No, Mm -hmm. you know, but if they have some edamame, it's okay. Um, I think more than the soy, it's going to be the BPA that people are drinking and eating out of. Okay. Right. It's those phytoestrogens. Yeah, there's so many mixed messages about all this stuff. It's just I know, so I know, I know, it's- and I, that's why I always say I'm always saying it's you got to have a 80 20. You got to have an 80 20 rule, right? We can't be perfect all the time, or we won't be perfect at all. If you can just manage what you can manage, you know, and support yourself. And the the I think the hardest part is people truly just number one, advocating for themselves. What do they really need? And can they find a person that can actually help them instead of trying to do it themselves? Right. Yeah. Um, Along with that is you got to have some skin in the game. I think that's the hardest thing I see with people is they want to get better, but they don't have, they don't have, they don't want it bad enough because a lot of them just don't do it. They don't follow through. Yeah. You know, And, and it's as simple as water. I'm like, 
okay, listen, if we don't do anything today, if you can't afford a supplement, that's okay. I'm going to give you my recommendations, but let's just start with getting enough water in your body, right? Let's flush those toxins out. Let's flush. Let's just, let's flush your lymph. Let's flush your, your circulate, you know, get your circulatory moving. Let's get your colon moving. Let's, let's do it through water. They come back to me. Oh, I forgot about the water. I'm like, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, I can, I can lead you to water, but I cannot make you drink. Right. right. Follow me around all day. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's little things like that, but like, let's go back quickly um, to the dairy thing, the dairy piece, that mucus, that mucus holds on specifically to viral loads. So if somebody's dealing with a low grade virus or have had a low grade virus or had COVID and they just can't get over it, um, dairy is typically the number one food that I will um, recommend that they omit from their, from their diet for a while. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. If it's helping you to hold on to the sickness. Yeah. Just think, I mean, you know, it's, it's sticky. It's sticky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you were talking about the lymphatic system, um, is that dry brushing? Is that even effective for that? Is that? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Um, Here's the problem with dry brushing. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched someone teach someone how to dry brush and they start, you know, they always start from their feet and move up, right? Move from your feet, start your feet, do circular motions towards your heart and then get in the shower. Right. Okay. Let's, here's a quick analogy. Okay. Let's look at a highway and a car wreck or something in the road. doesn't have to be a car wreck, but something (laughs) in the road that is blocking the road. Okay. If you try to move that back car, the car that's 15 minutes behind all the other congestion of cars through the cars that are stuck at the one spot. Right. You can't do that. So you really have to start with the clavicle first, because that's where 75% of your lymphatic drains into your circulatory system. Okay. So just underneath the clavicle bones. And then you work your, then you start, then you go to the armpits and then you go to the stomach and then you go to the, um, the groin area and mm-hmm. then you go behind the knees and then the feet and you have now brushed yourself, but you've done it in a way that allows you to open up those pathways for the circulation that's coming from your feet to be able to actually move. How long does that process take? Should oh it take? Gosh. You could literally do it in. 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. So for anybody that doesn't know, just Google dry brushing. <laughs> dry brushing. But if they tell you to start at your feet, do opposite. Do opposite of what they tell you. Right. That's, that's again, it's information overload, you know, yeah. everywhere. But yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could do a part two, three, four, five, six with you <laughs> because I have so many questions. But um, where can people find you? Just promote yourself. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, Facebook or YouTube, which is Jennifer Hawks Health on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to jenniferhawkshealth.com. And if you want to know more about the gut health, I am releasing a nine week comprehensive program starting in September. You can get on my early interest wait list by going to therevitalizedgut.com. Perfect. That's awesome. I'm glad I had you on before all of that so people can get signed up. Yeah. Thank you. It's going to be exciting. It's going to go through a lot and it's going to be 
on demand. It's going to be recorded. And, and then I'm going to be popping on once a week live to answer questions in real time. So it's going to be phenomenal. And there are so many questions because there's just so much information. So that's just amazing that you're going to be there to provide those answers. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, thank that's you. great. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. And I'm ready for part two, part three and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I'll be in touch. Thanks a have lot. A, have a fabulous day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.